Ladies and gentlemen, in the blue corner, standing at a sleek 5'11", 245 pounds, the tumultuous tempest of technique, Thomas Lilly. And in the red corner, at a curvaceous 5'11", 315 pounds, the jovial juggernaut of judgment, John Cheryl Sheridan. A meeting of the masters of mastication turn your attention as they delve deep into all things lifting and more. This is Peak Speak. It's a beautiful fall right now, he says as he stares out the window at 8 degrees and sleeting rain in Canberra. And our friends at Manscaped want to make sure it's beautiful when your pants fall. Don't let the trees be the only thing dropping their excess leaves and give your trunk the look it deserves with the leaders in male grooming and their fourth generation performance package. Boys, get your baby makers ready for a cuffing season like no other and join the 4 million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code PEAKSPEAK. Now, John Sheridan, did you know Manscaped has also moved beyond your down under? by releasing their ultra premium collection. This full bodied collection includes shampoo, body wash, moisturizer, deodorant, that will have you smelling sweeter than full air. Get 20% off on free shipping with the code PEAKSPEAK at PEAKSPEAK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code PEAKSPEAK at manscaped.com. Make sure you have the best package for your package and choose Manscaped. Your balls will thank you, which is a trademarked Term. That's Why can that's neither of us read today. I don't know. I don't know. But here we are. Mm. Maybe I, we need more caffeine in our lives. See what I did there? Yes. And then I'm gonna go to our friends, Prism Coffee Co. Order their delicious coffee, also using the code PeakSpeak to save some sweet, sweet dollars on some sweet, sweet coffee. Absolutely. That's about all I have to say on the matter. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to, I don't know why my microphone keeps turning itself up. So if the audio is all washed out on this episode, sorry in advance. It sounds fine to me. Um, so yeah, anyway. All right. Well, we're back. How's things yes. in Canberra? looks cold. Yeah, it's fucking cold, man. It's like, I don't think it's going to get above a maximum temperature of 10 degrees all week. Uh, it is currently like raining in a way that if we were like 200 meters higher above sea level i'm certain would be snow uh but instead it's just fucking miserably cold rain uh and i'm sick it's great it's an excellent combination influenza a yeah well especially annoying because i got a flu shot like last week yes <laughs> Uh, so maybe that means it won't be as bad who knows either just way, goes to show vaccinations are a lie one of the many conspiracies that I like to engage in Absolutely. vaccination, socialized healthcare, road <laughs> rules, you know, all of those sort of things. Imagined realities. Yeah. Well, isn't it all an imagined reality, Thomas? That's if right. Reading being you has taught me nothing, <laughs> it's that it's all an imagined reality. We're in the Matrix. Basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How's things up north? Hopefully, not as miserably cold as this. No, I mean, like everyone up here is wearing gloves and beanies and, and hoodies and jackets and stuff, even though it's still like 17, 18 degrees. 
But man, I can't wait to come to the Gold Coast and walk around in shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> Today's the coldest that I've that I've found it this year, yeah. uh, but it's not that cold. Yeah, no, we've got snow on the mountains. I went for a drive yesterday to see if I could find some snow to take my kid to tomorrow, but um, got to the edge of the national park with the dog in the car and realised I should probably turn back. You're not supposed to take dogs into national parks. Uh-huh. Um, is running different now that it's colder? Oh, yeah, like I wear more clothes. <laughs> um, but otherwise, no, not really. I like, I um, got used to, like, I do all of my running and or riding stuff first thing in the morning anyway. So I, like, I'm fine with it being cold. Like on the bike, if anything on the bike, it was worse because of the wind factor of going fast on a bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, running's not too bad. Um, yeah, just more clothes, basically. I think I when I went for a run, Late last week, I looked at the temperature. Maybe it was Monday. I looked at the temperature. It was uh, minus three, feels like minus six. Um, so it's a bit fresh for the first couple of minutes. <laughs> Once I heat up, I'm pretty fine. Like, yeah, it's, it's not too bad. The air hurts a bit, but. Is it hard to regulate, like to predict the regulation in terms of you leave with X amount of clothes on yeah. and you're like, oh, now I'm too hot, but I'm. Yeah, but I, I've anything. essentially got to be cold when i leave yeah <laughs> otherwise i'll be hot yeah. uh so like the other day i went running with gloves and a beanie on so i'm like you know long sleeve skins shirt like t-shirt uh tights and that's about it uh and no actually maybe i had a i had a really thin like zip up hoodie on as well and a beanie and gloves and i took the gloves off after about five minutes like for some reason if my hands get hot like they get hot really quickly and then I'm just hot and feel gross. Mm. Uh, the beanie I took off probably about 20 minutes in and then the hoodie stayed on all, the whole time. And like I was sweating in it and I was hot by the end of it, but yeah, it was, wasn't too bad. Mm. Um, but yeah, I like I run hot anyway. So wearing too many clothes and then just ending up sweating my balls off is not a particularly pleasant experience. Well, that was my next question. Are you, do, do you find you run less hot now that you're a skinny boy? I definitely feel the cold more now. Mm. Yeah, like I am wearing more layers this winter than I was in the winter's past. Um, But otherwise, not particularly. I cope with the heat much better, which is also nice. (laughs) Um, I don't feel as disgustingly hot constantly, which is good. I feel like it's less to do with the fact that, you know, people will say, oh, I've got an extra layer when they're a little bit overweight. I feel like it's a lot less to do with that and a lot more to do with the fact that when you get up and move around, it's more energy and effort to move more weight around. So you yeah. warm up quicker and you stay warm longer rather than the fat actually insulating you or whatever. Yeah, and I also think um, the improvements in my cardiovascular fitness have made a difference as well in that like my system's just more efficient now than it was. And so in exactly that vein, when I stand up and walk to the kitchen, I'm not like <laughs> and sweating profusely. And so I'm probably not producing as much heat in that respect as well. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's, it's fascinating to look at the like second and third order effects of, you know, what didn't, didn't seem like a big change at the time, but when you look back at the difference it's made, it's like there's actually all these carry-on effects to the rest of my life. It's been interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we got APL Nationals coming up next weekend, which means I get yes. to see you in real life, which is always exciting. Exciting. Um, and then you're running an APL comp later in the year, uh, which is cool. It's cool to see these these new federations sort of taking over a little bit more and, and um, you know, 
propagating across the country. You know, we've got APL blowing up and USAPL seems to be going really well. So, I mean, it's looking like a very positive future for, for powerlifting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to drop that in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be able to offer a, um, a second option. So mm-hmm. we're running an a- the APL meet will be uh, knee sleeves and drug tested, and that's mm-hmm. the only division we're going to offer initially. Um, for us, it's about offering a, a different option to GPC because we've got a bunch of lifters who haven't necessarily added wraps to their training, maybe don't want to, those sort of things as well. Um, and so to be able to offer a second opportunity like that is really cool. Uh, I'm excited to see that. And I've had a few people express interest in it already, which is good. Mm. Um we did have to we're going to push it back slightly from our original date because i lost track of the fucking year and realized that the date was coming out much quicker than i thought and am not in a position to sell it that quickly so we'll hopefully have that announced and up for sale in the next week or two which will be good yeah yeah yeah. so keep an eye out on that um it's really cool as well like the with with apl has been doing this since since John took over basically as in John Gabriel, the previous owner of APL in like 2017. Uh, but APL tested meets, tested every meet. It's the top 10% tested at every meet. And now USAPL is doing the same thing. So it's cool to see that the drug tested feds in Australia are legitimately testing at every meet. Whereas in the past um, it's been randomized out of, out of competition testing and only for select athletes. Um, so it's cool that, um, uh, people competing in drug tested meets will actually see the drug testing process happening uh, because it's a it's a comment from a lot of people who do tested meets or have done yeah, tested yeah. meets in the past and they're like i've never even had a drug test i've never even seen a drug test or whatever um it's it's good to know that uh all of our tested meets are actually tested yeah for sure and i and i think that makes a real difference as well i mean i'm not necessarily looking forward to having to actually do the drug testing or whether we hire someone to do that on the day but uh the fact that that is actually happening as opposed to it just being certain people who get targeted by certain other people who get woken up then at 7 30 in the morning by a knock on the door from asada i think uh actually being tested in competition at meets is really important yeah yeah and i think that's like that's always been the cool thing about powerlifting right is that it's one of the few sports in the world that you get the option to do either uh, and so it gives you this opportunity then to to choose your path, so to speak. And uh, yeah, I think the fact that it legitimately is that as opposed to just claiming to be that and then not really doing it in the same way is um, is really useful. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just had an interesting thought. Like I, I remember going to, um, I won't say what federation, it was an international untested uh, federation. I remember going to a world championships and the lifting was very uh, unimpressive. Uh, and so like I'm, I'm watching, I, I can't remember what class it was, like maybe 110 or 120 or something like that, um, 125, uh, and watching like really big, overly abused steroid lifters coming up to lift and not lifting very much. And like n- not, to, not to, you know, make a judgment call on, on someone's strength or something like that, but I found it, I, I, I had this moment there where I was like, you know, I don't know how, I don't really like the idea of sometimes um, untested competition can come down to what is a person willing to take? Yeah. Uh, or it sometimes feels that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it feels like sometimes people have an edge because they're willing to do a little bit more crazy stuff to their body. Be a little bit more purple. But at the same time, I mean, you could make the argument for tested sports as well. Like what, it, how, how, how fine are you willing to uh, walk the line of, 
you know, drug free versus tested. Um, and it- let's just do an all drug Olympics. <laughs> I want to see some fucking juiced up Jamaican dude run a hundred meters in six seconds flat, and then his heart just literally explode out of his chest. Like, give me the human performance at the level of obliterating the human while they perform so we can really see what we're capable of i i also love how you know because of the cycling debacle that people think that all tested sport is full of people who take drugs and just beat the tests like do you know how hard that is like do you do you really think someone at a local powerlifting competition in australia has a team of scientists around them working to to get them to pass a a drug test like it's but not even like a team of scientists you go to like watch icarus and you realize that like even with a team of scientists and like all the money in the world dedicated to these doping protocols it still came down to some false walls and a couple of holes in some buildings <laughs> where like sketchy mob dudes were trading urine in and out of sample pots like the fact the fact of the matter is like in tested powerlifting if you get caught tested you're just a fuck with like just go and compete in the untested sport yeah. but to think that because you compete tested you're obviously just and you're like you're really strong of which there are lots of really fucking strong untested uh, lifters the assumption that oh they're stronger than me so they're taking gear they're just better at beating the test it's just fucking garbage like uh-huh. it just it baffles me that people constantly point to that being the cause of them losing and not just them being shit yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there's also the the moral dilemma of like lifetime drug free versus drug free on the day kind of thing like, has this person taken drugs in the past? How much have they taken? How long did they take them for? How long ago was that? Yeah. What constitutes tested, you know? Like, and, I mean, it, it really is a moral dilemma because on paper, it's just like, if you pass the test, if you get tested and you pass, you're clean. Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, it's, it's applying a binary state to a thing that isn't binary uh, because it's, it's such a long-term look at that scale sort of thing. Anyway, we could argue for ages about this on the internet, and that's what we're here to talk about. <laughs> Let's go from one internet-based argument to another and just constantly argue about things that probably don't matter that much. Yeah, so before before we started recording, John and I were just talking about... Um, I'd listened to an argument podcast, and then I've segued into another argument podcast because I'm... I'm <laughs> just decided for some reason this week to drink the argument yeah, that you Kool-Aid. hate yourself and you want to just be miserable but also furious constantly yeah 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 and i mean like both both times listening to these people debate and discuss and of course we all see arguments happening on the internet i can't help but to kind of sit there and, and think who actually who actually benefits from any of this yeah um because neither of the parties arguing benefited from it like it was no. literally a waste of both of their time uh, in both circumstances that I've that I've listened to, um, and their clients, their customers, they don't win either. It, it's it, it's almost just pure entertainment, sick entertainment for the people that are willing to listen to it. Yeah, which is fine. Like if that's that's what you want it to be, and you want to just be entertained by some petulant children on the internet arguing over niche aspects of training for performance with barbells, cool that's your jam sick but uh, like from my point of view as a coach i i remember like a long time ago now watching 
feels like a long time ago now but it was probably only five or six years uh but watching a lot of people like of the same era as us in terms of coaches who continue to use their platform in terms of their social media presence to highlight and call out and just generally talk shit about other coaches or other schools of thought or individuals or groups or whatever the case may be. And I constantly, as much as like, sometimes I read those things, I'm like, oh yeah, fuck it, I agree with that guy, like yeah. But I then almost never, and these days almost completely never like share them or do anything like that because it doesn't, I don't get anything positive out of it, right? Mm. Like from my point of view as a as an external presence, as a, a representation of me on the internet, I don't need there to be a whole bunch of hateful bullshit. And like there's some hateful bullshit because I have some strong feelings about mostly petty bullshit that doesn't actually matter. And hating innocuous things in life is one of my favorite things. But when you spend a lot of time in the fitness industry, it's really easy to fall into this trap of like hate following people and sharing their content just so you can point out the holes in their arguments and all of those sort of things that become just a bit of a circle jerk in my opinion in in that you're just then posting to the people who have the same opinions of you Mm. and then depending on who you are on the internet maybe you just block everyone that has a differing opinion of you and then continue to surround yourself with with exclusively your own (laughs) butt huggers and that's fine too if that's what you want to do cool but from my point of view, from a coaching standpoint, I just end up like, I can be really vitriolic and really fucking hate something. And then all of a sudden I've spent six hours like hate following people and sharing shit on the internet in a way that doesn't actually get anything done. Right? It just makes me angry and fucking leaves me dissatisfied with what's happened on the day. And uh, yeah. You have to be like the angriest natty guy in powerlifting. In, in, in strength spots, full stop. Uh, I, I might it. well be. Um, but I like to get really furious about things that don't really matter that much. But, um, like, isn't it crazy what you were just saying, though? Like, people can literally build a brand out of controversy. And yeah. not just build a brand in terms of a name and a following, but, like, a monetized brand. Like, a, yeah, build yeah. a product and a brand, a following, and then monetize it. I, I think that's... Um, like of course i'm not into putting other people down and but i think it's kind of wild in a in a cool way that you can use these platforms and do almost anything and and still monetize and and build a a business and a brand out of it like it's just wild the funniest thing for me is always like it's like the the most obvious one is the squat university one like there's been a lot of people that i follow calling out different things that the squat university team are posting and the funniest thing to me is like, I guarantee you, Aaron's not reading those posts. Like, <laughs> he has a big enough following that he doesn't see your shit talk. And so, like, does it? Like, are you trying to change his mind, or are you trying to change their mind, or are you just trying to like call your followers to you by virtue signaling your hatred for this other person and your moral superiority because you don't use nocebic language or whatever it is that you want to mm. call someone out on, like? I think it's still to me reeks of I'm not comfortable in myself so I have to and my own ideas so I have to call out all this other bullshit Hmm. Um, and that's not necessarily true for everyone that does it because there are people who are legitimately at the top of their game starting these discussions and and having them in a way that I think can be positive but I think in 
almost every way at the mid-tier coach and below is completely useless and just ends up becoming this big circle jerk of hatred over just dumb things that don't fucking matter. Mm. I mean, it's, it's a wild thing about social media, especially as people get bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, you put your opinions and your thoughts and everything out there, uh, you're automatically putting yourself out for criticism and for attack. Um, and I think you do need to have um, a certain level of resilience, of disconnection, of inner security uh, to be able to deal with that and continue to function. And so that's why one of these debates sort of pulled me in because I'm fascinated by the fact that, you know, someone who can, from a business p- perspective, be really far ahead of a lot of people in this industry and still take a great deal of interest into the noise that's happening several levels below them yeah like that, that's that, the most fascinating thing oh it blows my mind yeah like because uh, you know there, there's uh i don't get many haters anymore i used to get a few but not nothing crazy right um and so i, I don't see much hate on zero as often uh, and uh, very rarely do i see hate on zero uh, but we got some recently we got we got some um interesting hate on on us recently and um uh you know, like in in the past, especially early on, I would have taken that very personally. I would have been very upset by that. But the hate was so outlandish and so incorrect, and and no one would listen to this person. Like that, they they don't have a relevant voice. Yeah. And so it was just kind of funny. It was just kind of like, what is that? Yeah. What you think? No way. And so the the power of the brand has become so much bigger than that. And that like that kind of comment can't harm us. And it's I like I'm way smaller than the person that I was listening to in this debate. And I think, fuck, imagine if I was getting upset and going backwards like that to, to have these. And again, it's not, um, I'm not talking about this positive or negatively. It's just commentary. I just find it fascinating. Yeah, man. That's the, the thing for me is uh, like, I like to think I have a pretty thick skin for uh, general derogatory comments. Cause I grew up being teased mercilessly for being a fat kid. Right. So, a, there's pretty much nothing you can say about me that I haven't had a worse thought about myself. <laughs> mm. Like, your words will never be as harsh as the thoughts I've had. And B, I've just got to a point where, like, I just don't care. Like, you, your opinion of that has no validity to me because I wouldn't ask your fucking opinion about anything else in the world. So why would I care about your opinion of me, right? And that's the thing about this that is, like you said, most fascinating is... In this particular context, and I'm sure people can infer from our discussion about who we're talking about, but um, to have someone like you said, you know, appears to be several steps ahead from a business standpoint, then be so rattled by a couple of like clickbaity Instagram captions and, and things like that, like pieces of a discussion taken out of context and all of these things, because that's all these arguments ever start with, right? They start with like one clickbaity Instagram post that gets misinterpreted by the fanboys of, you know, one group and then gets taken over and yelled at on the internet by more fanboys of the other group and then divulges into this YouTube argument um, that no one benefits from. And it so often stems from, or it seems to stem from like a, far too much of a, a value being placed on the opinions of people that you wouldn't ask for opinions of mm. anyway you know like I, I don't 
I don't get it. Like, talk all the shit you want about me behind my back. I just don't care anymore because increasingly in my world, I am surrounded by people who are positive and upbeat and happy with the services they're being provided and the experiences that they're having in my, in, you know, the Burley universe. And so those noises pretty quickly drown out the people who, you know, think for some reason I hate equip lifting or that we're biased against them in their powerlifting competitions because they're anything other than shit and don't know the rules. Um, but yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't understand how you can be that big and, and just like want to spend two hours of your fucking life arguing with some idiot on the internet. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, even, fuck, I, uh, I, don't, I don't follow uh, Lane Norton or Liver King. Um, but I, I you, know, <laughs> you, you end up being exposed to this stuff, right? Because people share stuff and whatever. Um, but Lane Norton made a, a post about Liver King trying to be all scientific. It's like, well, why? Why do you yeah. need to do that? Like, who are you trying to reach? The people that are following Liver King for his advice on eating testicles or whatever he does, like, they're already sold. They don't. Why are you trying to evangelize the other side? It's so like this is literally religious. Yeah, it doesn't have the spiritual aspect. Maybe it does, but it's definitely religious. Like There's something spiritual about eating testicles and constantly being shirtless. Like, if you were, if you are practicing Muslim. And I'm like through and through Christian. Us having a religious debate is literally going to go nowhere because I'm going to yeah. say you need to believe this, I need to believe this, and we're not going to influence each other. And yeah. it seems like a lot of these. And more importantly, it's it's not going to influence the people in the middle either, because <laughs> you'll both be on too far of the end of the spectrum to convince anyone. Like you're not even convincing the undecideds because instead of presenting a well-reasoned discussion about the common points, which is one of the things I've always liked about like watching Mike Isretel have these arguments, right? Mike Isretel and he's is great. fucking excellent at being able to establish common ground and then be able to establish the things they differ on and talk through those points. He's actually got like a fucking 10-part course on the RP Plus site on like how to argue, which so I, I've like started a few times, never got all the way through. But uh, And he speaks like, English. Like, yes. He speaks in a way that you can anyone can understand. Anyway. But that's – and that's the thing that I think sometimes these arguments – divulge into is like two people spouting techno jargon from two ends of a spectrum at each other in a way that like anyone other than the well initiated on both ends like unless you know the discussion that both of these people are having in their relevant circles and then you can bring that to the table you don't get anything out of it other than watching two petulant children argue on the internet and for these discussions to actually be of benefit to the broader society, you need some way of establishing the common ground and establishing the things we agree on and all of those sort of things. Because so often these massive discussions are like almost all on the same side and then it's just nuance in like that mm. final 10%, you know? Uh, and I think that's, like maybe that's just where the entertainment is, is in the arguing over the nuance that no one really gives a shit about. But I like the discussion you're talking about. I got about ten minutes into it. I was just like, ah, fuck. I got better things to listen to in my <laughs> life than this. Uh, and you know, it was funny for ten minutes, and then I got bored. It's like a really badly told joke. It's you know, the first bit of it was good, and then you're just like, ah, you're just going on about the same thing over and over again. Yeah, I don't know, but maybe I just have better things to do with my life than most people. Who knows? Seems unlikely. Yeah, I guess the you know, 
because this is really a podcast about nothing. It's our commentary on arguing on the internet. But um, hey, at least we're on the same side. Yeah. I mean, I can call you a cunt. And we can go down a different road if you want, but I'm not sure no, it gets I, us very far. I'd probably just agree, and they'd still be on the same side. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I guess if you're if you're engaging in this kind of behavior, like I, I I think about these debates that I'm listening to at the moment. If, if someone challenged me to a debate, I love debating. I was great at debating in, in high school and uni. I, I like debating. But if someone challenged me to a debate and it wasn't going to elevate my position in some way, shape or form, I wouldn't do it. Like it wouldn't. Yeah. Because it doesn't it doesn't serve me. And so I'd only do it if it served me in some sort of like more ears, more eyes, more following, more attention and potential more sales, you know. So what uh, you're saying is you'll only debate people above you on the fitness industry absolutely. success timeline. <laughs> yeah. No, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's perfectly reasonable. Like, fuck, if, if Squat University wanted to debate me on perfect squat technique, I'd jump at it, even if I fucking sucked, because yeah. it would get me a lot of eyes. Um, so, yeah, it, it fascinates me that someone would be willing to do it in the other direction, because, it, like, no matter which direction the conversation goes, the other person kind of wins. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, I think that's the thing that speaks to it being far more personal than it needs to be. Like, it's a, it's a personal affront to these individuals who feel they need to justify themselves to anyone and everyone which always to me screams of continuing a continuing sense of like imposter syndrome like you mm. feel the need to justify yourself to everyone because you don't feel like you're worthy or you don't feel like you know enough and like in the case of this particular one uh, i don't see that as being the problem like you know successful business those sort of things it on the surface it doesn't look like it should be that but maybe it is you know uh, and i think that's the thing we'll probably never know um but yeah i i'm the same i wouldn't be arguing on the internet with a bunch of people who have an opinion that differs to mine even if they were above i just don't know if i could be bummed like <laughs> i just eh, you know anyway moral of the story before you engage in a post that says you know if your coach does this get another coach or you start an internet argument or call someone out or whatever ask yourself what's the motivation what does this serve am i better off spending this time and energy and effort investing in my clients my product my service to make my uh business better for me and for my clients rather than just being a fucking train wreck on the internet and the the trick is write the post don't post it straight away. <laughs> Sleep on it for 24 hours and then come back to it with a clear, refreshed head. And if you still feel vitriolic about it, fuck it, post it, whatever. But I, I can't tell you the number of times I've like written a post and done exactly that. Just sat on it for 24 hours, come back and be like, you just can't post that. That is like, <laughs> what do you get out of that? You're an idiot. And then you just delete it and you feel better for it because you know you got uh. all that vitriolic hate out of you, but then it didn't have to become part of the universe. So it's fine. If you all would like to see a private Instagram account of Shero where he actually hits post on these things, please send us a request. We'll get a petition signed and we'll get this happening. I'm not opposed to that. <laughs> pay, pay me for the hatred. Absolutely. Patreon. Yeah, let's do it on Patreon. <laughs> Perfect. Amazing. All right. I've had Goodbye. Enough. See ya.